About three weeks ago, I told you and preached about the prophet who God told to marry a wife of whoredom, a prostitute, and I went through that whole message and I told you that God used that as a sign, as a symbol, as a reminder to his children to show them where they were and what they had been doing, and then I made an association with this thing right here, and I hadn't brought it up since then. And I hadn't planned on doing it this morning, but God just reminded me that I need to remind us that every day, because, see, you're getting into the busy season, we're already in it, where we'll be so distracted, and we need to remember that every day of our life, we need to take a personal inventory of where we are with the Lord because I believe with all of my heart the return, the second coming, when, when the Lord calls his bride away, it's going to be at an extremely busy time on this earth. And we're in probably the busiest time of the year. And there is absolutely nothing that needs to take place before the Lord needs to come back in return. And so, church, before we get into this word today that God has blessed us with, I, I want to just remind you, stop every day before you leave your house and say, God, is there anything I need to look at? Is there anything I need to think about? Am I doing what I need to be doing more than everything and above everything? And if you do that, you're going to find yourself living a lot more of an obedient life. Now, we are talking about the gift, and we're going to be talking about the gift, and we're going to talk about gifts, and we have a lot to talk about in the book of Acts, but today I want to go to the first chapter of Luke because you get into the beginnings of the Christmas story there, and this is what I want you to look at today because God is going to help somebody in this place out this morning. Bible begins to tell us a story about priestly duties of Zacharias. Zacharias, part of his family, had duties in the temple tabernacle of service to God. Zacharias, as all of you probably know, that he is the husband of Elizabeth, which is the cousin of Mary who gave birth to Jesus. So to kind of give you a backdrop of that story, one day when Zacharias entered the temple, he looked and he saw at the altar, he saw the angel Gabriel standing on the right side of the altar. Now let me tell you why that's important. Because Gabriel's, Post is typically always reserved for the left side of the altar and God, his presence, would be on the right side of the altar. But today, on this day, he would walk in startled and he would see Gabriel standing on the right side of the altar. Now, if you're familiar with this part of the Christmas story, a lot of people don't catch this part because... They jump right in with Mary receiving the announcement from Gabriel. But that happens a little bit after this. But there's a lot that God has before we even get to that. And it has everything to do with the gift I'm talking to you about. And so he's in here and he gets this announcement from this angel, Gabriel. And he's going to be the father. Now let me tell you that. He's up in age, and so is Elizabeth, way up in age. And adults, he is so way up in age until she's already saying, and it's over, okay? But God sends Gabriel and says, you're going to have a child. You're going to have a son. That thing you've been praying about, it's about to take place. 
And it's not just going to be any son. But this is going to be the one that's going to prepare the way for Jesus. The Messiah, the promised one, the prophesied one. And of course, he, you know, is so overwhelmed by the news. He says, ah, man, I don't know. And, and so, so he is... Well, let me just say, his mute button was pressed for nine months. And because he doubted what Gabriel was saying, lesson number one, multitude, when you doubt God, it comes at a price tag. Because everything about God has to do with F-A-I-T-H, it's faith. You can't put your finger on it. You can't find it when you need to find it. You can't locate it with your eyes or your hands. It's just faith. Because God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, and that spells faith itself. And when you, you doubt God, of course you miss out on what God's doing for you, but it comes at a price tag. And his price tag was, well, you know, a lot of you women in here wouldn't get mad if your husband couldn't talk the nine months you were pregnant. Amen, women? We'll go on from there. And so... People were getting worried because when he took so much time, they didn't know if he had seen a vision or if he was sick. And so he finally comes out, and he's also told what the baby's going to be named. And it should have been Zacharias, or Zacharias II, or Zacharias Jr., but no, his name's going to be John, John the Baptist. So when he comes out, this is what's going down. People are figuring out and kind of, uh, presuming they know what's going on with him, and he, he walks out, and sure enough, they figure out real quick, he can't talk, and they think he really had a spiritual experience, which he did. And so they get to talking. Well, after that, th now you know what happened to him, but I want you to, I want you to listen um, to what happened after the whole temple encounter. And that will... It'll start with verse 23, but we have verse 24. But I'll tell you what verse 23 says. It says, so it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now, verse 24 gets us to where I left you a while ago. Now, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. And she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Now, I want to stop and pray right there, okay? So I need you to close your eyes. Lord, I know you're talking to us today. I know you're doing something today. I know, oh God, that you want to help people more than they possibly even imagine being helped today. So, God, that means the devil is doing his deal right now. So I rebuke him. I call him out. He is a deceiver. He distracts during church. He makes people become emotional because of news they hear or things they think about. All in a plot and a ploy just to keep them away from receiving this seed. But God, I pray we would be so focused on what you're saying through the scripture. God, that he is defeated and gets no foothold or no place. Anoint me to say it and anoint all of us to hear it and receive it. And God's people said, Amen. Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Now, I plan to get farther than this verse right here. In fact, I will, but I, I need to spend some time as of last night right here. Because of what God is doing inside of Multitudes Church and inside of the lives of every person that will allow him to, you're no different than Zacharias and you're no different than Elizabeth. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about people who are older and people who are younger and people who are in between and people who have accepted one thing or other things 
And, and you do not verbalize this, but you live this. That this is all God's going to get. This is all I can do. This is all I want to do. Or this is all I'm supposed to do. God's got your number today, friend. And he's got it with his word. Because a lot of you sitting inside of this place today don't realize that you have a reproach. It may be, and let, let me go back because I, I, I want you to be clear on this. The prayer of Elizabeth and Zacharias was one that was prayed probably thousands of times because she was barren. And a lot of you may either unfortunately not have been able to bear children or you know someone who could not. People do not wake up with that choice. That's why abortion is such an evil, crooked thing. Because a lot of people would love to have babies and they would love them and raise them right, but they can't. They didn't ask for that. No more than people ask to be handicapped. And now that you're tender because I talked about abortion, get over it because it's in God's word. Thou shalt not kill. Amen. Quit being a citizen and be a Christian. God's coming back. Amen. He is. You better choose what side you're on. I'm telling you. You better get that settled. You can't love this world and the things of this world and be on your way to glory. Process it. Let me say Selah. That means stop and think about it. Hey, we're getting onto the wire, man. You, you got you to choose up sides. And Elizabeth lived in a barren state, and let me tell you about that. It was not politically correct like a woman could help it to be barren. In fact, it was looked down on by society. People treated you as an outcast, like you had some kind of say-so in the matter. So you were scoffed at if you were a woman. When you were in the marketplace, you were talked about under breath by other ladies or other people in town that, that knew that you'd never had a baby. And so you were kind of walking around with a target, a social target on your back. And this is why this miracle of them having a baby at such a, an old age was such a, a special thing. And this is why she was so overwhelmed with what God was doing you see, we always hear about John the Baptist being born, the forerunner of Christ, but there's a whole other side to this miracle. And that is that God not only was blessing her with a baby, but God was blessing her by taking away the stigma and the reproach that she walked around her entire childbearing aged life. And a lot of people in this room, you fall under one of two categories. You are walking around, you are scarred, and you are marked by a reproach of sin, and you know that God's forgiven you, but other people sure haven't, amen? And you possibly haven't forgiven yourself, but God has forgiven you, and that's why we call the second part of the spiritual journey here is finding freedom, which is all about life groups or small groups, because I will tell you in the past year, two years, people have found freedom that would not have found it any other way if they weren't around a dozen or so people every Wednesday night and finally able to open and unload and God help them get on from where they've been stuck in their life. So there you go. That's what that's all about. So whenever Elizabeth hit herself for five months, she spent five months of, I believe, shouting. I believe she spent five months of praising God. I believe she spent five months of worshiping God. Right by herself, not in an altar call, but right by herself, just finding peace that passes understanding. I'm not just, I'm having a baby, but my reproach is gone. I'm going to finally be able to go buy apples and pears 
and potatoes and corn and wheat and barley and never hear anybody make fun of me or make light of me. My God, great Jehovah Jireh has provided and he's removed my reproach and God is wanting me to let you know today that if you will believe him in the latter part of your life, he wants to remove your reproach. What men will not let you free from, God through the Holy Ghost will let you free. And God will give you a blessing on top of removing your reproach. And I don't know until I get to heaven, was she more excited that God had moved, removed her reproach or the fact that God had given her a blessing called a baby? And I tell you, you leave, we all leave, and this church is no longer going to leave blessing after blessing on the table. So we will gut the upper deck if we have to. We will tear out a nursery wall if we have to. We will redesign and rethink how we do small groups or life groups. We will think about how we act on Sunday morning and things and getting people in place. We will prepare to get ready for the flood of 30,000 people. We will do whatever because God is tired of passing by us as well as other children and saying, here, I want to do this. I want to remove your reproach of not bearing fruit, but you've got to believe me and you've got to let me in so I can do it. So God's wanting to do it for the church. And God's wanting to do it for you. But you've got to wake up, folks. I'm not preaching you some kind of motivational, and I said leadership a while ago, and I'm not preaching you even some kind of leadership message today. But I'm, I am telling you that the Lord is anxious to pour out His Spirit on His people so they can do great and mighty things that they don't even know about. But you've got to wake up out of the sleep that you're in. And this world will keep you in a trance and keep you numb to what God is doing. And you will feel okay and justified with just coming to church and going home. And coming to church and going home. And he will tell you it's okay. You've done. You don't need to do. Or you can't do. Or you're not old enough to do. Or you're too old to do. Or you're too crippled to do. Or you're not qualified to do. I don't get into that in a moment. But he will tell you all this just to keep you quiet. So you are not upsetting the city. But he's a liar. He hates me preaching this again two weeks in a row. But God is ready to remove your reproach. And some of you are sitting there and you are about to bust wide open because you, your reproach has about drove you crazy into your grave. And you can privately say amen in your spirit if you want to. How do you know that, Opie? Because I know when God prepares certain meals, He's got certain people with certain appetites in mind. And he's got your number today. God's ready to remove your reproach. I don't care if everybody's put a burden on you. Everybody has labeled you. You're tired of being single. You messed up. You had a bad marriage. You had a bad childhood. You had a business that went wrong. You did have a plant that did you wrong. You did have a doctor that made a, a false uh, diagnosis on you. And, when, and you, you, you were a victim of bankruptcy. You were a victim of all this and all that. But let me tell you, God is God and he can remove your reproach. You need to sit here and receive it today and let God do what he wants to do so you can find freedom in this small group this morning and so you can say, God, here I am. You feel me, you load me down, and you just point this gun whatever direction you want me to fire away at the rest of my life. And God will do it, church, because he needs you right now. I'm preaching to somebody inside of this place. And I'll just let the rest of you know I'm preaching to people I don't even know I'm preaching to. But it's Christmas and we need to keep it Christmassy, don't we? I'm all over the story, by the way. Verse 25 says that Lord had dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. And he's looking on you today, the first day of December. And then... In the sixth month, 
that same angel Gabriel was sent by God again to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin that was engaged or betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And all this is prophetic. The virgin's name was Mary. Everybody say Mary. Carrie. That wasn't that Mary. That's this Mary. But I'm talking about this Mary. And I love that Mary. As I do all of you. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. He might have even said it like that. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and she shall call his name Jesus. Now, I'm getting short-winded, and I need you to start reading from verse 32. I'll start you off, but you're going to have to help me finish reading, okay? He will be great. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived, it sounds good, you don't need to stop, a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, hallelujah, we're going to read that thing two more times. For with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, this is where I want you to listen. And thank you for helping me. And by the way, that's so good, I'm probably going to make a habit of that. Y'all just bless me by reading the Bible. You hear me? Didn't you feel blessed reading God's word? You sure have made me blessed, I can tell you that. Now Mary arose in those days. Elizabeth is six months pregnant now, okay? And went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. I've told you already before we read anything else that Elizabeth's had two blessings. Y'all remember that? The first one was God removed her what? Reproach. You need to write it down. You ought to write it down. The second thing was, boy, if adults miss that, man, we're going to have another kind of small group on a Wednesday night. Okay. Huh. Okay. Two blessings. All those years of praying. God finally removed her reproach. And then he blessed her with a baby. Will it in the same thing? No, it's not. There's a lot of pregnant women during that time that still had a reproach. And it wasn't from being barren. Okay? But now check this out. This is critical to you enjoying Christmas at a different level this year. And I'm being serious. Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Now, listen to me and read these three words. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then 
She didn't speak in an unknown tongue here. She probably did later, and she probably prayed in a heavenly language. But here, when she was filled, she spoke out with a loud voice, and this is what she said. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now, she didn't text her. She didn't post about being pregnant before Mary got there. She didn't fire a picture on Instagram and say, whoop, look at me and all this kind of stuff. No, no kind of Pony Express, Morse code, nothing but the Spirit of God. Made all this happen. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed. Y'all want to read that last one? Go ahead. All right. I've told you the two blessings. See, this is why you need to keep praying. This is why you need to keep praying. Don't ever stop praying. Don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're tired of praying for it. I don't care if you've even told people God ain't going to do it. There's four Members of my family, siblings, all four of us are in this church. You know why? Prayer. When the devil said quit praying, we prayed. We pray for each other. There's people that are healed because they were told to quit praying. Don't ever quit praying because... If you just believe God, he's so good of a God, he's willing to do more than you're asking him to do. He's willing to do what seems like it's an open and closed case and there's no room left for God to move. But God's on the throne. For with God, what shall be impossible? Nothing. Now, I want you to hear me today because God wants to do a bunch of stuff inside of this church. And you came today, so you're a great candidate to get it, okay? How many of you, don't raise your hand, yeah, raise, how many of you really had second thoughts about coming today? You could hear it on your roof, and it was warm, and it was cozy and cuddly. I'm preaching to the church. Yeah, but you're here. You can raise your hand in victory today. Oh, I fought with coming Bless Mary, God. Bless this Mary. Because she came. And see, he wants to do it. You came today. He wants to do what nobody knows about. And he wants to do more than you've even wanted him to do. Because now, because she believed God, see, when the Apostle Paul was transformed on the Damascus Road, Paul had to go in, and this is what happened. And you know, I, I, I know I'm, it seems like I'm really taking a long time today, doesn't it? You know, the devil's really just shouting in my ear right now. Anybody want to say, the Lord rebuke you, Satan? Will you want to just say that for me? You know, he tried that other stunt, that stunt last week, and the first thing he said, well, if you read 14 or 15 verses, that's too much to read. My Lord, have mercy. The day that we don't read the Bible in the church, we just don't even need to come anymore, amen? I think it's weird when you don't read Scripture in church, to be honest with you. So, Paul was on this road, and for him to have the scales move, the reproach that came on him that quick, he had to have Ananias to lay his hands on him, and then he was filled. But I want to tell you, that because Elizabeth prayed, she didn't give up. She trusted God. Here goes God doing not one, not two. But as soon as Mary came in and she heard her voice, 
because Mary was delivering a message of confirmation back to Elizabeth who had been hid for five months. Prior to that one month, she'd come out of hiding. And when she, when she heard that voice of confirmation, here comes gift number three. God on the spot filled her with the Holy Ghost. And she began to prophesy because those words she said were not her own. I got happy the whole time I was telling you all that. I mean, I just really felt it the whole time. I, but I want you to get it today because, see, God's trying to break down. And I'm not getting excited that all of you are like just taking it all in because the devil is so upset with what's taking place in here right now. It's like God's trying to deprogram you from your reproach, from your barrenness, for you accepting what God cannot do and what God will not do. In fact, let me just paint another picture. We did this the other week for you, and, and maybe this will help you. Let, let me just show you what it looks like. We had a gift coming in the house two weeks ago, but, but I, I think today, because the, the smallest, youngest person in here, you were represented, the oldest person, the, the most challenge person physically mentally financially biblically sound you don't know the bible well god's got something for you right now and i'm about to show you because see here elizabeth thought she was too old at some point in her life he's not gonna do it i'm way past what makes sense when i'm able to have a baby Elizabeth said she was too old for God to do what he wants to do. God's stopping many of you, and he's checking you. If you're watching me online, say this. I want you to read my lips, and I'm not quoting a former president. I'm telling you what God says. You are not too old, and you are not way past what God can do until you breathe your last breath, period. You're not too old. Elizabeth said, I'm too old. But God said, no, you're not. Just keep praying. Mary probably thought, I'm too young. I'm not even married. God said, no, you're not. The power of the Holy Ghost is going to come on you, and you're going to still have that baby. And so if you're a teenager or a college age or young adult, you need to listen to this. Or if you're a student in middle or elementary school, I don't even care today. God wants you to know because he made you, this is all his ball of wax, and this is his word and his words that God is ready to use you. I can go down the list and name them. I just did this about three or four weeks ago. We can talk about Mary like we're doing this morning teenager we can talk about Joseph we can talk about Shadrach Meshach Abednego Daniel how many names you want to throw out God's looking still looking for teenagers and young adults so you're not too young for God to do a great and mighty thing in your life you just got to say God I'm open to it do what you want to do you're not too old you're not too young and not making light of anybody here or online, not making light of your physical setback or dilemma, but you're not too broken, you're not too crippled, you're, you're not too handicapped, and I'm being very sensitive, but I want you to understand, and I want to talk louder than the devil's been talking in your head, and tell you God can take you and whatever's left of you, and he can move mountains with your faith if you'll just let him have you. God can do it. So no, you're not. No, you're not. And you might say, well, I've messed up. I've got hang-ups. I can't get over it. I've had this devastation going on in my life. I, I can't get past what happened to me. Let me tell you, that's a lie coming from the Father of all lies. God, that's faithful enough to keep your heart beating when you go to bed at night and your lungs working. It's the same God that's able to take you when you say, God, here I am, send me. I don't care if nobody else is lining up. I'm in line, and I want you to do what you want to do in my life. 
And I thank you, Holy Ghost, for telling me this that I'm telling you right this second. And that is this. God is so excited about what He needs to do with you, through you, for you. He don't even have time to think about what you did last week or how many bad exes you got by your name or, or lines you got through all the disappointments. God doesn't care about that. God is so forward-thinking and forward-looking. Maybe this is why we're going into the year of 2020. God has got, he's got single crystal clear vision concerning you and what he wants to do. His kingdom come, his will be done, and he's not interested in your failures or your faults or all the fault-finding this world has labeled you with because he knows the dynamic thing he wants to do in your life. Amen. And I heard from a cancer healed person say amen among other healed people. God will keep you alive as long as he wants to, won't he, Pat? And a lot of you can say the same thing. And, you know, then, then didn't we have this whole thing that I call spiritual Novocaine. There was a rich man in the Bible. Listen to me. A rich man. He did not spend one minute of his life thinking about eternity. And this is what he said. He says, man, I've got so much stuff. I think I'm just going to tear down all these barns and build bigger barns. Because I got so much stuff. His mind was on his stuff. God said, the Bible tells us, you fool, your soul will be, you won't get the first nail driven in the first board, in the first barn. Your, folk, your, your soul will be required of you tonight. A lot of people, I'm not just going to tell you, and I know I'm preaching to you, but anybody that might hear this later on, and I don't even know who that might be, but there's way too much comfort in the body of Christ. We used to say it when I was growing up at ease in Zion. Now's not the time to have a retired Cadillac, sit back, build bigger barns mentality. If that's the side of the plate you're batting from, you're going to be playing outfield when the trumpet sounds if you're not careful. Today is the day, a lot of people have, hey, a lot of people really choke on what I just said. But you know who's going, you know who Jesus cursed in the Bible? This is not a parable, by the way. He cursed the fig tree that wasn't producing in out of season time. We don't have an excuse. If, you know, let me, let me get down there because I don't want these people to be put on the spot no longer than they have been. But they serving God so they don't care. Because that will give my shin time enough to heal from hitting it just then. I don't know. And I'm about to have you to stand. But I don't want you to stand until I get this out of my mouth. Who told you. And I know I'm quoting another pastor. I heard him say something about something else this way. But who, who, who told you. It was okay to quit and stop and not do anything. What age you are? And it sounds like I'm talking to older I'm talking to a 13-year-old or a 20-year-old. But let me just say something for a minute. You do everything in your power to make sure people see you on social media. Do you know what God could do in your life? Do you know how God could make you explode in this world if you would give him you? You see, we're trying to do this thing called live a Christian life, void of being filled with the Spirit of God. And this is why and this I'm speaking for God. I'm not apologizing, but I'm speaking for God. So if you get offended, I don't care. You're getting offended with the Holy Ghost right now. But this is why people are so comfortable in the body of Christ today and we are not moving mountains is because we are not
full of the Spirit of God. We're not walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. We're not doing the things God said we should be doing before He comes back. And that's why when we come in here, this looks like one big rest home. That's offensive, isn't it? No, it ain't. It's the truth. That's why this looks like this is shy of popcorn and us playing an hour and a half movie. And when God's so good, he's willing to remove your reproach. You can't even fix your name, folks. You can't even undo what you did foolishly. But God can remove your reproach. Let me tell you something. If we could turn back time and go back to the days of John the Baptist when he was born, he was on fire so much for God. All them people that badgered his mama all them years, they didn't pay attention to that because he was walking in the anointing of the power of God. They couldn't even think about that because what her new baby boy, the promise, was doing inside her was so big that it just dwarfed over everything that she had ever experienced. And that's what God wants to do in this church now. Not January the 1 or the 1 or the 1st. When we start the fast, I think God allows me to do stuff like that sometimes just so you listen. This is December the 1, okay? Isn't it? It is. But I think God wants to do such a powerful thing inside of your life in this church. That people literally walk around, oh, ain't that that something? Shut your mouth, man. Did you see what they did? He won 10,000 people to Jesus last week. I don't care about that. Look at what he did. Look at what they did. Look at what that church did. Did you know that they, was, they couldn't even check out at Walmart and they were giving stuff away, but people didn't even get in the free line because they were over there praying for people inside the store and they were getting healed of cancer, of wheelchairs, of all kind of uh, bad diseases. See, and I'm talking over your head, you think, but I'm talking right through the pages of this book right here. You are God's agents, church. You are God's people. God's willing to move your barrenness. Are you willing to say, okay, God, here, remove my reproach. Take away. I'm ready to walk in the Spirit. I'm ready to operate in the Spirit. I'm ready to live in the Spirit. I'm ready to function in the Spirit. You willing to take away my barrenness, my reproach, my destitute life that I've been living? Then, God, here I am. I believe you, and I'll spend the next five months not in hiding, but I'll spend the next five months of my life worshiping you and giving you honor and praise and glory. I'd be glad when I can lift this arm because I'd be like windshield wipers right now. It's about to kill me. Somebody needs to stand up and wave for me right now. Somebody, everybody stand up, but somebody needs just worship with both of them wipers for me right now. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to fill you and you may not even know what else he wants to do for you. But you know what the first thing you're going to have to do? We talk about repenting all the time. But I'm going to tell you what the first thing you're going to have to do. Even in this, this setting this morning. You're going to have to get rid of your pride. And this is why, again, I bring, up, I bring up life groups again. See, people don't open up in church, but people open up in those groups. There's probably hundreds of testimonies now of people that, that, that won't even hardly lift their head up in here, but they've opened up. What, what does that have to do with this? It has everything to do because right now this is a big room. And this is a challenge. And there's people all around you. But I don't know how bad anybody's barrenness is. I don't know if you're good with your level of comfort. But I do know this. I do know my God that I've been preaching about out of this book. He can remove your reproach. I do know for a 
that God can do more in your life than just give you a baby. I know he can do things that nobody ever thought they would see done with you. If any part of this sermon this morning had your name on it, I'm going to ask you just to come find you a place to stand at this altar and then we'll pray. guarantee you that woman was tired of being the outcast you know we call it bullying now and the devil loves it he loves for people to bully and he loves for you to get bullied you were made for more than you think you were I know that God is raising up these children and these youth the whole next year. You're going to hear more about children and youth meant student ministry than you've ever heard in the existence of this, this ministry, this church. come to the altar I'm, I'm not going to do anything but just ask you to say God I'm ready for my reproach to be removed my reproach might be one of, of, of fear or, or doubt I just God I just don't see how you can't and let me stop you right there just say God I'm giving that up my husband's not saved my wife's not saved my children don't do right my job is so evil. Let me tell you, God can make a way in the wilderness, in the desert. God, I need my reproach removed. My marriage is horrible. God, remove my reproach. I do not like what I'm dealing with physically. God can remove your reproach. Say, Lord, I'm ready to be filled and be on fire. Father God, I pray over every person at this altar right now. You know better than they know what's up ahead and what you are going to do in their life. And God, the enemy will let us become one of these people on this stage if we allow him to. Lord, I know that the people on this stage represent every person in this congregation. Every one of them. Everybody's represented by somebody up here but I praise you Lord because whom the sun sets free they're free indeed and God and I'm asking you in the name of Jesus Lord I've preached your word I've preached about the birth of your son Jesus and your goodness God now God I pray in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Ghost that you would allow miracles and signs and wonders and mighty things to take place in the lives of people in this place right now for your glory and Lord the expansion of your kingdom I pray we would know that when we open ourselves to be filled with your spirit Lord that we walk in power and authority that's unexplainable or understandable, God. It's not scary or spooky, our God, or something that we, would, we should run from. And we don't even really know about it. But we just make ourselves available for it and to it. And if you are not a believer inside of this place or you're watching, 
if you'll walk down here to this table, we know Jesus Christ, and we can introduce you to him. First name basis. He wants to love you. He wants to be your friend. And if you're watching us, I can't get there. Yes, you can. He's right there where you are. And all you do is say, Jesus, forgive me. I'm tired of the reproach of sin. It's followed me. It's marked me. And I want to be changed by the power of the cross, O oh Lord. Cleanse me and wash me and make me whiter than snow. And I'll live the rest of my life for you. And if you prayed that prayer online, if you would just respond in the chat. And say, I'm part of the family of God. We got some things we want to bless you with that's going to really help you out. Lord, this week the enemy will try his best to do everything from make people angry to doubt what you said today. But Lord, we know that God, he's just upset. And we know that we should disregard him. We, we should seek you. We should follow after you, Lord. God, and I pray that we become a fruit-bearing church. That, Lord, the only thing that we get comfortable with is praising you. That that's where we find our comfort. In coming in and saying what God did this week. Bringing new people in, not to just the church necessarily, but into the kingdom, God. I pray, Lord, that you would bless every person here. That signs and miracles, the mighty anointing of the Holy Ghost would follow every person, Lord, and they would not live like a normal, bland, dull, predictable, hard-to-locate Christian. But God, they would walk in complete humility, doing your work. 